All right, so uh, we left off last time in uh, Perak Zayn, chapter 7, right? And uh, paragraph Vol 6. So we've been discussing the different levels of, uh, of spirituality um, going from the highest level of spirituality, which is Shabbos, and going down to, from the holidays, again, the way, the way on, on a linear scale uh, is uh, Hanukkah and Purim, which are both, uh, obviously, rabbinic in nature, uh, so that already uh, makes them not as great in uh, in this uh, linear scale of spirituality um, and um, even on the rabbinical level they were never the work involvement in the physical world was never prohibited um, on Purim we do have uh, the concept of a Yom Tov it's, it's like a Yom Tov in the sense that we have a the meal of Purim is like a meal of a Yom Tov but work is not prohibited. One could drive to wherever they need to go. Okay. Um, we did point out last time, however, uh, especially being that we are about to, uh, about two and a bit weeks away from Purim, so we want to stress uh, there is a very unique feature to Purim, Hanukkah, something that we ourselves made. Uh, these are holidays that are the result of tremendous things that the Jewish people did uh, and therefore they could, they could be uh, extraordinarily special even if not, and that's what basically he's going to get into right now is that it's not simply a matter of um, quantity it's also a matter of quality the different the different types of, of holiness that the different days have are uniquely different I mean, it's not just, okay, so Shabbos is like you know uh, X10 and Yom Tov is X7 and then you know, Purim is just like, oh, it, you know, just three, X3, so just a third as much as Shabbos or whatever it is. They're all uniquely different, right? Um, so that's what he's saying over here in this paragraph. And uh, the obvious reason is for this unique spiritual characteristic of each holiday is because it's a reflection of the original manifestation of Hashem's honor in this world that that the holiday is looking to help us tap into. I just want to take a quick aside and discuss that for a minute, the concept of uh, tapping into this spirituality. This is what basically the Ramchal is talking about right now. This is a famous uh, part of the Der Hashem that is co- very often quoted that um, you know it's not just something that happened uh, a long time ago, whether it be the leaving from Egypt with the with the, with the um, eating of matzah and, and the Karim Pesach or whether it be the clause of glory or, or whatever. It's not just a commemoration, it's a re-experience, right? That, that those same spiritual realities that were uh, active then um, are active again now. And in fact, we, we say it in the bracha, we say... In the, in the bracha of Al-Hanisim. Al-Hanisim, 
שהשיס עליו עושינו בימים ההם בזמן הזה. And he did for them in those days, but it's, it's at this time. Right? So I mean, we can't say it's, it's in these days, it's not actually happening in these days, but it is, but it is, happening, in, but it is happening in this time. So uh, that is uh, an important point. And the, the morale, actually, in Or Chodesh, is safer on uh, Purim, uh, explains this concept. And the way he explains it is like this. Um, necessarily, these um, are still having the effect that they had back then, still today in our lives. For example, Pesach. So we left slavery. We, we were enslaved. We are no longer slaves. Right? And we will never be slaves in the same sense. Back then, we were, we were slaves... Um, as we, uh, as David Malak describes himself to Hashem, I'm your, I'm, I'm your slave, the son of your slave woman, which means I'm through and through your slave. I'm, you know, that, that, that's what he's coming to say, that I'm not, don't just happen to be a slave of yours, I was born into it, this is like how, this is my entire self-identity. To a certain extent, that was the case in Egypt. Right? We, we had been, we were like a, a cast of slaves. Right? It was, that was the that was our status, right? So that shall never be again. That's what uh, Hashem says clearly in those pesukim, right? So, um, so to the extent that we are free men, or even if we temper, you know, happen to be enslaved, and pirates grabbed you, they enslaved you, whatever it is, right? Uh, but uh, uh, that that's just a happenstance, right? But it's not something that is uh, essentially our status. So then that means that the effects of that salvation back then, those thousands of years ago, is still active today. Because the proof is we're not slaves. We still get it. Right. So that means we're still, we're still somehow necessarily getting some of that influence. Right. Or, um, you know, Wouldn't to the extent... back on it if we refer to the Holocaust? The Holocaust was we were, we were killed again. We, it's not. It's not. a slave. It's, it's different. I mean, uh, even a free man can be killed, right? Right. Um, so then, another uh, you know, let's say the giving of the Torah, right? So Shavuos is the is the holiday of the giving of the Torah. So it's not just oh, back then we were given the Torah. Proof is we still have the Torah today, right? We are still uh, th- th- that experience is still with us. So if you if you understand there's a, there's a there's a very fundamental concept that the, if the cause for something were to be removed then the effect of that cause is also necessarily removed. An example is if I have a candle creating light. Yeah. If I take away the candle the light disappears as well. Right? Mm-hmm. So if we understand that each one of these holidays is a cause for a certain effect, if the effect is still here today, that means necessarily the cause is still here as well. Okay? So, um, and with that, uh, we, we see that the holidays, now, it's with us the entire year, but on the, on the same day when, when it, that was kind of the day that it came into the world, right? That's when it, um, is manifest in the strongest way. But the truth is that these are all things that are 
A, available to us throughout the course of the entire year, and B, actually quite crucially important that we should be tapping into all of them every day of the year. It's just going to happen on a smaller scale than it will happen on the unique day that is designated for it. Right? Okay, so that's, um, that, that's one important point. So it's more than commemoration. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, re-experiencing, right? So it makes uh, it much... Uh, much more significant. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. It really makes the... The holidays very different. Yeah. 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 It's yep. just not a calendar date. That's right. What happens is on that calendar date, we can tap in to that spiritual influx much more. Um, now, there is one caveat to this, and this is something that many of the commentaries have struggled with, and the Ramchal does give it a mention, uh, which is the placement of the holiday of Sukkot. Sukkot, as he will explain in the upcoming chapter, uh, named such for the Sukkot that we dwelt in um, while we were uh, in the in the desert. Uh, and Sukkot represent is uh, actually uh, refers to the Anani Hakavod, the clouds of glory. That we, that Hashem uh, placed us into while we were in the desert, while we were leaving Egypt, right? And so, Mayudim Mephorshim, going at least as far back as the tour, if not earlier, uh, are troubled. So, why is that in, uh, in the early fall, right? It should, it should be Pesach time, right? I mean, Pesach time should be sitting inside of Sukkot and eating matzah. <laughs> Right. So, or maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe next next day, Matzah is still in Egypt. So, let's say a week afterwards, right? Uh, something like that. Uh, by the time that we make it, uh, well, we're whatever whatever timeline you want to work out. Yeah, depending if you count the pillars of smoke and you know that were protecting us from the Egyptians as they were chasing after us or not. But certainly, it should be back then. It should be in the spring. Yeah? So, uh, you know, the Ramchal just kind of alludes to that difficulty, doesn't really uh, dive into it. He says, yeah, nonetheless, that, 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 that was the decree. That's what Hashem wanted. Um, the, the Vilna Gon famously explains that uh, the clouds of glory left us after the sin of the golden calf. And it was only after we did, we repented and Moshe Rabbeinu went up again and got forgiveness and came back down and instructed us. Uh, so he came back down on Yom Kippur. The next day he instructed us uh, regarding the building of the Mishkan. In Yom Kippur he came down with a second set of tablets. Next day after that, he instructed us on the tw- uh, on the on the eleventh. He instruct- instructed us regarding the bringing of the all the materials for the construction of the Mishkan. So that's uh, that's on the eleventh. On the twelfth and the thirteenth, like the pasuk says, Babokir, Babokir. Every morning, every morning, they brought the sacrifice. They brought the contributions towards the construction. That's the twelfth and the thirteenth. On the fourteenth, they announced. Already too much. We already have enough for the construction of the Mishkan. On the 15th, they began the construction of the Mishkan, and that's when the clouds of glory came back. On the 15th of Tishrei, 
So that's one sukkasus. Okay, so it's the commemoration, the return of the clouds of glory. Okay, um, be that as it may, uh, it's just to, in case someone's going to be bothered that uh, we're saying that it's on the same day that it happened back then, on those days, but at this time, so we're going to be re- reconnecting to that um, spiritual reality uh, now, so even for Sukkot, that does work. Okay, now here is a fascinating few lines at the very end of the, of the chapter. Innocent little lines that one might miss. Um, Alan, you want to give, give it a read in English, the, the last few yeah. lines over there? The Hanukkah forum, you mean? Or, um, or right, the at the part? end of the, of the chapter? Where, I have a Hanukkah forum also involves the same concept, the same as... No, no, after that? Uh, these oh, right before that, yeah. The same is true of the days mentioned yep. in the scroll of fast Megillus. Mm-hmm. They were annulled, however, because the Jews could not abide by them and were therefore exempted from the commemor- commemorating them to stimulate their original life. We will now explain Wait, each of these. Wait, he actually wrote the word commemorate? Yeah, commemorating oh, no. them to That's stimulate. That's terrible. We just spent, we just spent <laughs> the last <laughs> 13 minutes telling you that a it's holiday is that. not a commemoration. You're joking. Yeah, actually translated for that. Okay. <laughs> you should have made me read that. We should have done the Hebrew. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll that teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. So um, we should be enacting? Or what? Well, re-experiencing, reconnecting to, I don't know, you know, whatever whatever word you want to choose, but just not that one. Right? But it's more than just a commemoration, is what right. Rabbi was saying before. It's not me. That's what the Romchal no, just spent an entire <laughs> chapter telling us, right? Okay. Anyway, listen. The, 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 this translation, it, it was. It, yeah, this, it's not a scholarly translation. It's, <laughs> it's a. It's a. It's a translation that was made to make the book accessible, and readable, uh, readable uh, and to. I think primarily the audience was like NCSY teenagers. You know? <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. That's who Ravari Kaplan was primarily out to uh, help. And, and he helped them. And to, but yeah, it's not... Uh, no reference to where I'm holding it. No. no. Um, yeah, so they do They do have a much more scholarly... Feldheim recently put out a much more scholarly English uh, translation. Um, okay, so... And, and with annotation and everything... So anyway, which by the way says commemoration. It does say commemoration. Okay, well, okay, you got to learn it here. This <laughs> you can't. There's no. You can't. There's no. Tra- there's no uh, substitute. Same. Well, you guys all have the same translation. Yeah. Okay, but, but but Jeff has the new one. It still says. And it says still says it. But that's what Zecher is translated as in English, anyway, right across the board in our school, right, or any of these English right? Oh, they're going off of Zecher. Yeah. Right, um, right. Zecher, when we ask Hashem to remember us, we're asking Him to just commemorate, or we're asking so for we an establishment of the relationship. Right. Every every one of those examples is going to be the same to, thing. To, to what? Zecher. Do not remember if we spoke about it here? Or? Why we talk about the, the, the concept of Zichro, one of the three of those that we do in Rosh right, yeah, we said it. That was here, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Was Malchus, Zichronus, and Shofrus. Right. 
So it's not just, hey, Hashem remembers. It's, let's reconnect to who we really are, right? Let's reconnect. On Shabbos, the mitzvah of Zohar Hashem Shabbos Lakaicho is not to remember. Hey, by the way, do you know Shabbos? Yeah, I do. Thanks. Right? It's to be connected to that idea, to be experiencing it, it's to be tapped into it. Right. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, so anyway, so but but the, but so the superficial read of these of these last couple of sentences is that the Megillas Tainus. There was a Megillas Tainus, which is a many many different um, holidays that the Jewish people had accumulated over. You think I should only say this a couple of times? <laughs> you open up Sefer Shoftim, you see like. And then, and then Hashem saved us. And then we got things really, really bad. And, was, and then Hashem saved us. And then it got really, really bad. And then Hashem saved us again. Right? So there was all, I mean, like, uh, like, like we say in the, in, the, in, in the Haggadah, every generation they stand up to destroy us. And every generation Hashem does a miracle. So what did the Jewish people used to do? We used to write that down and make it a holiday. Right? Not the not not same level of Obligation by Purim, it says, and this shall never be negated. It says that explicitly in the Megillah, right? It shall never be negated. Those other ones, it wasn't said like that. But it was something that was kept for a long time. Every year on this date, you would do, you celebrate this, you would remember and reconnect to and tap into the spiritual powers of that day and of this day and of that day. And it, was, it kept growing. The list kept growing because. You know, Hashem was doing a lot of really great things for us for a long time. So it kept growing and growing and growing, getting bigger and bigger. And uh, it became difficult for the Jewish people to be able to do that. It was, it was a lot. It was a very heavy uh, calendar. Right? Overwhelming. Um, what? Yeah, overwhelming, right. So, to the, so, so he says, Ella, so they were negated. The sages negated them. They said, we're not keeping them anymore. Yeah? Because we could not with, uh, stand up to such a responsibility. We were exempt from making that reconnection on them. To the arousal of the uh, illuminating light. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. What would have been the, the big deal? You leave it, leave it in place. Right? Leave it in place. Make it optional. I don't know. Right? Leave it in place. Let whoever wants to celebrate can celebrate it. Whoever's not going to celebrate, not going to celebrate it. What's the big deal? Oh, we couldn't do it, so then they had to cancel the entire thing. That means that it was on the level of a Yom Tov previously? Yeah. Really? How long was it like that? Just a year? Or no. For a while? Yeah, a long time. It's a little bit of what you said. It'd be too overwhelming. You could never keep up the pay. How could you do it? So, so because look, because look, look, look yeah, Alan's saying, you're right. Look, it's not simply, I guess maybe this is just a further proof. It's not simply a commemoration. Commemoration, big deal. Make a lachaim. I mean, over here, thanks to thanks to observe, we, we have we have we have like a, a what's it called a, a, a yard site uh, l'chaim tikkun over here like uh, at least once a week if not twice you put out a b- bottle of scotch uh, a box of rugelach and you're done <laughs> right 
No, no, no. Says the Ramchal. What is it that we would need to do? Lehis orerus or hameir. The arousal of the illuminating light. On a holiday, a person needs to arouse Hashem to send down that appropriate light. And guess what? Just like conceptually, let's say if we say, okay, tomorrow we're making a really big holiday, we're going to be grateful to Hashem for the fact that we're able to sit here with masks, no, not, not worried about, not locked up in our homes over, over Zoom. Uh, Jeff, that was a joke towards you. Okay. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> but for, for, most, for the most part, yeah. Um, and then three people showed up. Right? Would that be like a big Kiddush Hashem? Would it make Hashem really happy? Like three people came to say hello to me? Better don't do that, right? If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're going to make a holiday, gratitude to Hashem, right? Uh, it should be done right. Yeah? Otherwise, it's, it's actually negative. Right? So to over here, as long as there was the, uh, as long as there was the the Megillus Esther uh, the 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 the, the, the Megillus uh, and there was a obligation to to do this so th- this was something that needed to be done because otherwise it's actually negative uh, it makes me reminds me of you know, I remember talking to people about um, once people find out a base of midrash has a higher kedusha as far as davening in it, let's say, than the basic nessus. So, so then, he says, oh, so wonderful. So why don't, you just, why don't we just make all the botic nessiot into botic midrashim? Right? Why would you set up uh, a shul on the level of a basic nessus, just go ahead and right away set it up as a basic midrash? Right? Sometimes you, you open up a safe, you sit down, you learn it. Great. So, as there's a base midrash, if it has a kedusha of base midrash, and there's not people learning in it, it becomes a place where shadim, where, where demons draw their power from. Because this is a place that's meant to be a place that people come to seek out the word of God. And no one's coming. <laughs> Here's a base midrash. Nobody's here, right? So, wait a second. Like, what's going on over here? So, there's all this spiritual potential. It's not being actualized. That's bad. Yeah? So basic Knesset is like a kila. It's a, you know, this is a place where people come to daven. So however, you know, so, so they come together, they daven and they leave. And the place stays vacant the entire day. It's fine. No problem. Yeah? But a base midrash needs to be a place where people come to learn. It's not, it's not a simple thing to, to call a place a base midrash. Okay? Same thing over here. A holiday is a time when there's all this tremendous spiritual potential. If that's not actualized, it's going to go somewhere else. Yeah? So, therefore, since there had accumulated all these incredible days, tremendous, powerful spiritual days, there were so many of them that it became too much for us to be able to handle successfully. So the sages negated them. How difficult is that to have a rabbinic enactment and then to retract that rabbinic enactment? Because it's, I if it's, it's done, if it's done, stuff. if it's done, if it's done with the with the with the precondition that uh, that if that you know that if it becomes too heavy, it can be canceled. Then it's then it's can be done. If, if it's done in a irreversible fashion, 
you know, if it's done in a just a, as a as a standard decree, then then the next then the rabbinical authority that's going to cancel it has to be greater than the ones. It has to be a greater based in than the first one. And it's sort of betterment overall, right? What's that? If we're going to cancel something, right. we're doing it because we want to make it better going right. forward. Right, right. right. So but Yosef is pointing out that it's not so easy. Let's say if you oh, have, right. if you have, if you have a great Sanhedrin that established a certain law, so oh, right. another so for another Sanhedrin that. to overturn that, they have to be greater minion, uh, oh, wow. they have to be greater yeah. in number and in wisdom than the than the original one, unless the previous one when they were enacting it enacted it with a condition, where we're enacting it now. As long as it's good, if another Sanhedrin later on comes along, even the Nazgars us, and they see that it's not good, they they have a right to cancel it. So they did that. Yeah. Um, seemingly. I guess so. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, okay. So, but that was that's what I wanted to say over here at the end of at the end of uh, of this chapter seven, right? To understand what spiritual days are, what holidays are. And to the point that they are so alive and thriving with spiritual energy that if the sages saw that there was a particular ones that we would not be able to tap into, better close those pipes, those channels, but better just close them off than having live wires hanging, right, with potential dangerous consequences. That's a good analogy. Thank you. Um, okay. Now for um, chapter eight. Okay, so now the the Ramchal is going to uh, enter into some of the specifics of the various holidays, starting, of course, with the first month of the year, Nisan, Pesach. Yeah. So what is Pesach? So now we're going we're, we're to be addressing the unique features of the holidays. Like we said before, they were just kind of on a linear level, seeing that they are all presenting spirituality in a general form, and that there are some that are bigger than others. Now, we're, but but now we're going to be addressing the unique nature of each one. So leaving Egypt, you see, the time is the concept that the Jewish people were mixed in, we were really just one of the, you know, we, we were um, goyim, we were, we were nation, we were together with the nations, we were, we were one with the nations of the world, um, and we were taken out, I think we discussed this back by, uh, back by, by the third paragraph of Krishma, right? We discussed the, the concept of, of being nivdal, of being separated, being taken out from amongst from amongst the Jew, from amongst the nations to become a Jewish nation. That that's uh, that's uh, what happened on Pesach. Now specifically Pesach um, if the holidays we'll talk about the three Hagim, right? The three the three Hagim Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot correspond to, obviously, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They correspond to uh, a baby being born 
and then young uh, adulthood, and then old age. Um, there's lots and lots that we could talk about here. I'm not going to get to talk about everything, but the point is Pesach is the building of the body of the Jewish people itself. Just like with the baby being born, is the process is a process of actually making, forming the limbs of actually, you know, the, 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 physical, the physical vessel that will ultimately contain all the Torah and all the divine service, etc., that's going to be contained, that's going to be had. So, so the Pesach is the, is, 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 the, is the beginning of that, is the forming of the body of the Jewish people, in the sense of 400,000 men, and the sense of each person's body himself as well, the, the actual physical bodies. And this is something that, of course, we need the sages, the Torah, to open up our eyes to teach us, is that the actual physical bodies that the Jewish people possess are different than those of the Goyim and those of the, of the, of the non-Jews. You know, they look very similar externally. They're actually different. Um, the way that the morale explains it is that uh, every vessel has to be designed to receive whatever substance, unique substance, is, is going to be receiving. If I have a vessel that's meant to contain apples, I will probably use uh, a wicker basket of some sort, right? If I have a vessel that's meant to contain grain, um, I wouldn't use a wicker basket because it's true, right? So what, what would I use for grain? Maybe like sackcloth, right? Right? So, so a, a fabric, you know, hemp, some you know, strong fabric, that, that's good enough, right? Um, if, if I would like to, um, you know, pour oil into something, I need a vessel for oil, I wouldn't use sackcloth. That would be a bad idea. Right? I wouldn't use not wicker basket, not sackcloth, right? So, um, you know, I might use, might use, uh, clay, you know, pottery, or, or glass, right? Um, I may use glass, let's say. What if, I, what if I need to contain light? Would glass be a good vessel to contain light? No, it'll go right through, right? So I need a different type of a thing to contain. So depending on what I'm looking to contain, I need a different vessel, okay? So, uh, so the Jewish people, being that we are a vessel for containing the light of Torah, the carrying in our hearts the presence of Hashem, the, the Mishkan, the, the tabernacle that each one of us carries in our heart, right? That the Shekhanti Besochem, Hashem says, I will dwell inside of your heart for each one of you. So that also demands necessarily that the vessel itself should be different as well. And that's why when Hashem was uh, giving the Torah, uh, he quote unquote offered it to the nations that they said we can't accept it, right? It means that they, they weren't capable of accepting it. And that's what it means. Hashem offered it. Uh, it wasn't a last second attempt to shortcut us out of a deal that we've been working on for a long time, right? Like we've been Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, promises, we've been working Yitzhak, Mitzrayim, everything. And it's like, hey, wait, just before I give it to you guys, let me see if anybody else wants it first. <laughs> Come on, guys, anybody? No? Uh, All right, fine, here you go. Right? That, that's not what happened, right? What, what means that, uh, that they were not capable of it. See, he can't take it. See, he can't take it. See, 
Eh? No, nobody can take it. Only you can take it. Only you are built in such a unique way that you're capable of accepting. So over here, we, we're, we're talking about that originally the, um, the physicality of humanity was all fully contaminated, fully uh, um, engrossed in the, in, the, um, in the ties of physicality, of uh, involvement with the physical world in such a way that would, that would be prohibitive of being a vessel for the receiving of the Torah and divine service. Okay? Um, and so that is what needed to change with Yitzhak Mitzrayim, with uh, our leaving, uh, and that's why the main mitzvah that the Ramchal presents over here is that of eating matzah, and that's a deraisa mitzvah for all times, unlike the carbon Pesach, which only can be done if we have a temple. Unlike the Maror, which is also a mitzvah deraisa on the night of Pesach, but that's, also, but that's only when you have mitzvah deraisa of carbon Pesach. When you have the carbon Pesach that you're eating, you also have a mitzvah deraisa of eating Maror. Right? But matzah, besides the fact that it goes with them as well, eat together as a uh, matzah with the Karm Pesach, with the Maro, that's one type of a mitzvah. But besides that, there's a separate mitzvah to eat matzah. By itself, even though there's no Besam there's no Karm Pesach, there's no Mar, there's still a mitzvah of matzah. Okay? In fact, there's a. There's a there's a, even the opinion of the Vilna Gon that it's a mitzvah deraisa to eat matzah all seven days, not just on the first night. Not to say it's an obligation, but one. But if one does eat matzah on all the other days of Pesach, it fulfills a, a, a Torah obligation. It's quite an unbelievable thing. So um, the. Uh, this represents a certain extrication of oneself from involvement in the physical world. Now, involvement in the physical world, um, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Involvement in the physical world, is that a good thing or a bad thing? We don't have much of a choice because we're always going to have a little bit of it. That's right. And ultimately, for good, right? So, suppose it is challenging. It is currently challenging. I mean, if, if theoretically we did, we were not involved in the physical world, we could, you know, theoretically be on unimaginable heights, right? That's the challenge that we're given here: is to be involved in the physical world. Now, and you also is pointing out that yeah, through that will come a, a even greater sanctification of Hashem's name, etc. Um, so chametz represents that. Chametz is the type of bread that a person wants to eat. Right? Chametz is um, delicious. It's, it's uh, easy on the digest uh, on the digestion. Right? Uh, it's th- that's um, that represents a person's involvement in the physical world, which is decreed upon us. That is how Hashem put us into this world that we should be people who are necessarily involved in the physical world. Not to be overly involved in the physical world, right? But to, yes, be involved in the physical world, and nonetheless, like we're saying, to sanctify Hashem's name, and etc., etc. So that entails eating chametz. That's the, the equivalent of that is to eat chametz. Uh, not to overindulge, but uh, have a sandwich, whatever it is that you're having. Right? But for, for this crucial period of time, for this 
the gestation period, this time when we're when we're being born as a nation, and, and it's a very key definitional time of our physicality. We need to stay clean of that. Right? That's the time that Hashem says, "Okay, I'm going to let you behave now in a more transcendent way, in a way of not being involved in the physicality." In a way where, where your bread is not something that draws you and lures you and pulls you in. Now, if a person were to do it the whole year, it, it, it would be, to a certain extent, unhealthy. It would be harsh on the, on, on the digestion. Right? So, that's not how we're designed. We're not meant to be like that, because we're meant to be people who are involved in physical work. But for one week, you can do it. And you do it for that one week, what it does is it, it places that we are fundamentally people who have a kedusha saguf, a certain purity, I should say a tahar saguf, a certain purity of the body, which allows it that the vessel is a vessel that is going to be capable of um, receiving, accepting uh, divine light. Yeah, of the Torah that, that we're obviously left with time to go to Har Sinai, to go to accept the Torah, to go to serve Hashem. Okay? So that demands a certain Taharas Haguf, um, which uh, is accomplished through during this formative period, um, not being involved with Chomets, which represents this um, involvement with the Eight Sahara, involvement with the uh, one's inclination towards physicality. Okay, and then he says, and the other mitzvahs are... Um, we treat it almost as a spiritual thing. That's right. Spiritual bread. Bread of salvation. Even though you're making a new bracha every... Like each coast, yep. you don't need to make a separation. Yep. Okay. Um, now, in uh, sec- uh, in uh, O's base, second paragraph, uh, he begins to discuss sukkahs. Um, so the the unique feature of sukkahs is. First of all, obviously on a, on a very concrete level, the reason why we had the sukkahs is they protected us, the, the clouds of glory protected us from any um, harassment, any assault from the outside, um, either by people or by wild animals or even by weather, right? It was a um, um, air conditioning system, right? Heating, air conditioning, HVAC, it's awesome, right? Um, so, uh, but more than that, in fact, it, it also was a natural uh, carpet, a moving carpet, right? To do, so we wouldn't hit our feet on the rocks and the harsh soil, right? So it was, uh, it was also underneath us. So we were literally protected from all sides. But uh, but that's on the physical level. On the spiritual level, it set us apart from the whole world. Meaning, if somebody else, some let's say even friendly nations of the world, want to come and hang out with us, hey, we want to drink some beer, or whatever, right? So, I'm not talking about gaming. I'm talking about just they want to come in. They wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to come into our. That was a, like a separate place that Hashem made for the Jewish people. Set aside, um, and that, by the way, works awesomely with the with the explanation of the Vilna Gon that we said earlier. I haven't seen anyone say this, but it's got to be true. Um, after the sin of the golden calf, 
So the Gemara in Brachas on Dav Zayin Amud Aleph describes that Moshe Rabbeinu pleaded with Hashem to, that the Jewish people should be forgiven. Hashem forgave the Jewish people. And Moshe Rabbeinu actually on the, at that moment asked for three things, not just one, three. He asked for two more things after that. And the, all three were granted to him. So the second thing he asked is not only that... Um, sorry, first, just in general forgiveness. That was, then he said that uh, an angel should lead us. I want that it should be only you, because initially Hashem was planning to lead the Jewish people. And after we sinned, Hashem said, okay, I'm not leading you anymore. Now it's going to be an angel of mine. Moshe, now, the first thing he asked after he got forgiveness was, I don't want that it should be an angel, I want that it should be you. So Hashem granted him that he's going to be traveling with us. He said, secondly, I wanted that the divine presence should not dwell with anyone else ever except with the Jewish people. And that was granted to him. And thirdly was that he asked to see the the glory of Hashem. And Hashem passed his glory in front of Moshe. Right? So that second one, setting us aside, making us separate, from all, different from all the other nations, fundamentally different. Hashem dwells with us, he doesn't dwell with anyone else. That's the concept of sukkah, where we are set aside. We are spiritually made. We are made spiritually different now, as opposed to by Pesach we're talking about being physically different, where the vessel is a unique vessel that's designed for accepting spirituality. Here, this is a sign of the actual spirituality itself being so unique that that it separate literally builds walls around us in a way that is exclusive and, and separate. Um, uh, now the the um, in the spiritual sense in the spiritual sense yeah just like it was back then in the physical sense as well it was a physical manifestation uh, but it's um, it's in the spiritual sense in fact we say um, we say in, in 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 our prayers during the during the three festivals right we say. Um, You've chosen us from all the nations. You've loved us. And you've lifted us above all the other nations. Yeah? So, so the Bachartas and chose us. That's Pesach. We were chosen from all the nations of the world. We were chosen. Ohaftos on you loved us means the, the, the Vilna Golan explains it means in spite of the fact that we sinned and there was a real reason to not love us and, and potentially even to destroy us nonetheless you loved us that's Yom Kippur and then I haven't seen this said but again it seems like it's got to be true and you've elevated us above all the nations that's talking about Sukkot where we were set aside and like we said the Gemara and Brachas saying where Moshe Rabbeinu asked after being forgiven said and actually we want to be the only ones we want to be elevated above everybody else and, we, and that was granted as well that's, that's, uh, that's Hashem another um, month and a little bit over two weeks, right? A little bit over, uh, yeah, about a month and a half. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be saying, we'll be saying that. Atavachartanu, Ahavtosanu, Varomamtanu, Mikolashanos.
right? So that's Kedai uh, to remember that. Okay. Um, now, so the Ramchal points out, maybe we'll stop with this, with that, that uh, a tzaddik always, uh, we, we said this before, that a person really, we're all on some level have to be functioning with all the holidays all the time, right? You have to be aware, you have to carry Hashem with you, you have to be in the presence of Hashem, etc. That, that's, that would be the circus as well. He says that a tzaddik, a real tzaddik, a, like a really, really high madriga, maybe a chassid, uh, is surrounded with, with similar miniature ananayakava every day of the year. But for the Jewish people as a whole, for everybody, that that's that happens all the time. That's like when it's super intense. But it's something that we can connect to every day. Okay, so we'll pick up uh, next week, Bezos Hashem, halfway into this old space.